Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals centric specific show where, of course, we wax poetic about the Arizona Cardinals here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. My name is Javon Adams. I am one of your co-hosts. I am joined, as always, by the man who runs this thing. I'm just, you know, I'm just the man sitting next to the man. Uh, Not only did he play professional baseball, but also played in the National Football League and was on that first Super Bowl bound team for the Atlanta Falcons. And and I I like to throw it every once in a while. He is vested. You can Google it. It's an important thing. Ed Easy Smith, what is good, my brother? Hey, man. uh, Somber time here in the Valley after last night's game. Um, You know, you were there. So I'm looking forward to getting your firsthand uh, account. (laughs) Being in the stands, and I actually texted you during the game too. Yep. Like you know, I you know made a comment because it felt like the air went out the building. So looking forward to hearing what your experience was, uh, you and the boys at the game last night. Yes, indeed. So of course we are. So we do this thing two times a week. Uh, we do it on uh, on Tuesdays. Well, yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah, on Mondays typically. So when, uh, but this we had a Mondays and Thursdays. So Monday we look back on the most recent game and give our thoughts and you know just, just some of the the insights, especially from a man who played the game in Easy himself. And then on Thursdays we look ahead to the next matchup, the next opponent, and maybe clean up some things uh, that or talk about some things that have happened during the week. In this case, because they played on Monday, so that's why you are getting this wonderful gift today. Uh, but yeah, so the, the Cardinals uh, welcomed the New England Patriots into the building. Uh, the Cardinals ended up losing 27-13, uh, but they lost more than just a game. The What was it? The fourth play of the game, I believe it was. Kyler it was Murray. third. Yeah, but third or fourth play yeah. of the game. Kyler Murray goes down, as as has been the case. Uh, I'm going to describe it this way as well. A non-contact injury, non-contact injury, and it ultimately ended up in him, uh, his ACL uh, is is torn, and so he's going to be out, of course, the rest of this season and going into next season. It's typically what a nine, ten month uh, type of uh, process to get back, and then before you get back to your previous form or something close to it, it's even longer than that. But uh, yeah, so I was in the building. I was in the building, so we were. So we're going to talk about that and get into the game. Uh, so I was in the building. We were way up high, than four hundred seats, uh, and so. Saw the saw the play. Kyler Kyler gets the ball, and then he kind of scrambles out, and he's gonna he starts to run, and all of a sudden he's just in that space by himself, and he just collapses. And and everybody, there was a collect. You could hear the collective groan from the uh, from from the crowd, and it was one of those you're waiting and you're waiting, and then next thing you know. About two or three minutes later, they bring out the cart. You know when they bring out the cart, they're not bringing it out just because they're trying to get you to cheer. And then he comes back out as if he's a wrestler, with trying to trying to milk it for the for the attention and get the energy up. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was deflating. But 
interesting in the sense that so of course the there were a lot of patriot fans in the building i don't know if you could hear yeah. that when you were watching the game but there were a lot of you patriot could. In the building and so when colt mccoy comes in they cheer it may be in Sometimes I, I like to be the glass half full guy, but the glass half empty, I'm wondering if they're cheering because if it was support cheers or if it was, oh, great, now we get the dude that's going to lead us to the promised land in. I'm, I'm leaning towards that. It would have to be, we, we, we got your back. We encourage you. We want you to have success as well. And for the most part, it was for the first half. There was there was there was some good there were some good things that were going on some good enough things and you and you thought I thought that this was going to be a tight game going into this game I predicted when we were on our we what last week and then also on our radio show Easy Sports Talk here in the Phoenix metropolitan area every Saturday from ten to noon on ten sixty a.m. but thought it was going to be twenty nineteen it looked like that was going to be the case but I thought the Cardinals were going to come up short they came up short but I didn't expect them to come up this way. Um, you you've you've played the game and you know how how it is it's a violent game and you you expect to take those blows but not something along the lines of that non-contact uh, type of injury your thoughts on when you saw this and as you've heard the news come out through the day yeah it was one of those situations and i've seen guys go down like this in person it's and i i i call it this he basically juked his body he, he, you know, it's one of those things where, and we all know Kyrie moves very quickly with those legs and they, you know, we always joke about how fast we're going and everything. And you could tell it was just one of those situations where he, you know, he was a, he was a step ahead in his mind. He was a step ahead of his own body with the right leg out there, went, wanted to go back left and boom, those ligaments, when you're going that fast, it's almost like a, a car engine, you know, you rev them up and yes. the engine is, zzz, and I mean, you, you flip it in the gear improperly, man, that dog thing just jerks. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what that type of injury is. That's why when you see guys go down with those non-contact injuries, most of the time right away you know they're bad because obviously there wasn't a hit or anything to jar him. It was that knee literally exploding and giving out on him. I have had in my career, I was fortunate enough, I guess you want to call it, to not have any ACLs. I did have an MCL that was totally ruptured, but I was actually caught up in a pile when it happened. I was blocking. Um, uh, running back got tackled behind me. They both landed on the lake, and everything went inward, and boom, everything exploded. So I know that feeling, and it was an MCL. The ACL, that's the major one. That's one that holds everything together. That's mm-hmm. why you hear when that one goes down, you know, it's like, oh, my God, because that is the big one. So to see him go down, was very disheartening. Me personally, right away when he went down, I knew it because you know you see it. Yeah. I'm not sure how far up you were, but when he when he went down, it was like, oh, that's pretty bad right there. And then yeah. it's just one of those situations, bro. Now the questions will start. I have so man, we we gonna. I mean, our last show of the, of the year is coming up on the uh, uh, Easy Sports Talk on Saturday. We want to have so much to talk about, and not about the games themselves. It's the okay, what happens now? Where do we go now? not just with his organization, but with Kyler and his rehab. Um, how soon does he come back from this injury? And we're talking middle to late part of next year. Right. And then once he comes back, do you have confidence in that leg? That's yes. the biggest thing. People think you just get it healthy and then you go, right? right. Man, I was, I've was i been out there before when I rushed to get back on the field after my uh, MCL. Bro, the feeling of getting out there and getting in full contact again, practice is different. You can monitor it. And especially for a quarterback, a mobile quarterback at that, we have so many questions moving forward about Kyler, 
about this organization, about Cliff. What are they doing in the meantime? Do you roll into next year with Colt McCoy? These are all questions. It's like I mean, as so, the world turns, so many, so many free agents, yeah. so many um, unrestricted yeah. free agents that are coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you bring a guy in here who knows he's just a placemat until Kyler gets healthy? Uh, do you, hey, do you go? Are you going to have a pretty high draft pick, bro? You can't do. I mean, I mean you, you, can, can, you, can, you can. You can't. You can't. You can't. Like, you you can't. Wait, wait. What I say on Saturday? Yes, we can. I was talking about the coaching staff, but wait, we won't go into all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so yeah, so uh, along those lines, though, man, I mean, it's it the trust, trusting, trusting your body is a big thing, and I, I speak on this not from being in a contact sport. I speak on it from some some of the 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 little aches and pains that I get from running, um, you know, Achilles stuff that I that I seem to be battling with, and just waking up old. It just seems like, but trusting, can I run longer? Can I run faster? Can can I pick up this pace and this tempo? In, in, in hoping that the next day I'm not going to be regretting it or during the run and getting out too far. So I can only imagine when it comes to the, 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 the quick, the quick twitch uh, things that a, that a football player has to do and knowing that you're going to take contact, it, it has that mental hurdle when the doctor says, okay, you're physically ready, but then you have to become mentally ready as well. And that's going to take, that's going to take getting hit. That's going to take doing football things. Well, the one that some of the chatter I've heard from today, too, you know, I, we all listen to all the talking heads and stuff like that. And this has been a major topic is the fact that Kyler Murray already doesn't like to be hit. You, you right. know, and, these, and this is from the outside. I'm not, I have said this before, but this is other people who are looking at him. Just It's like you watch the playoff game last year. You, you know, you get the sense that he doesn't want to run as much this year. There are a lot of people like that dude does not like to get hit. And that's been part of his problem. And you throw this injury in, Jay, uh, the willingness to get hit and the thought or the fact that you are going there. There's no escaping. You know, that's one. Uh, right, let me think. Right. If you're, you know, if you play professional, if you play baseball, right? Yes. You're every now and then you're going to take a 97 mile an hour fastball in the ribs, but that's not part of the game. Right. But I've had those before. And I've, I've, I've you know, bruh, they're, they're not, so you don't want those. Yeah, but they're not a part of the everyday life of the game. So, I mean, I might get hit in April and hopefully, you know, be June or July. The next time I'm taking one of those off the off the ribs. But in football, every single time you step on the field, especially as a quarterback, unless you're a punter or a kicker, the game is about getting hit. And the quarterback position is about everybody chasing you behind because they want to get their hands on you and hit you. And that is going to be something I don't know. It'll be interesting to see over the course of his rehab, and they're finally getting to the point where, like, yeah, we think he's ready, but ready physically, but how ready is he going to be mentally? And then once he eventually gets back on the field, we'll see if he's skittish or not. And you you and I always know there are times when, like, the pocket's getting around him. What does he do? He just goes right down. You know, he does a little spin, go down. Yeah. Bro, it's going to be really interesting to see the first time. And here's the thing about it. It's the – traffic around your legs i remember when i was coming back from my mcl mm. and it was you know it was okay, i was okay blocking but the very first time i was blocking and i felt like stuff was around my legs and i in the middle of a block the flashback of how i got hurt in the first place and you're literally i'm i'm going i'm blocking i'm doing high knees bro <laughs> so it'll be as a quarterback you know guys are all around your feet and that 
it'll be interesting to see how he uh, reacts to this coming back. And the crazy part, Jay, we're talking about it's December now, 2022 season. We might not even see him on the field until October, November, December of mm. 2023. Oh. And then I'll ask you a question. Yeah. We're already talking about how this season, we talked about it on our show the other day. Yes. This season's lost. You know, when you start putting, sitting guys down, et cetera, et cetera. If we get into October, late or mid or mid to late November next year, and he's finally possibly ready, but the team stinks, mm. do you run him out there? He might, he might miss a whole calendar year. You mm. never know. Yeah. I mean, these are all questions we're going to have to see and hear. But I mean, that's a honest to God truth, man. If he's not ready till mid November or so next year, it's December now, Jay. Yeah. He could, it could be a calendar year, meaning yeah. he's toward December, four or five games going the season, and the team probably is not doing as well. What do you do? Yeah. Let me ask you this. So that's, that's something we'll touch on, but I'm going to throw two names at you Franco Harris, Tom Brady. So you know where yes. I'm going with this. You know exactly okay. where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah. They didn't like to get hit either. Franco Harris, no, compared no. to, let's say, an Earl Campbell, I'm not trying to say that Franco Harris was as talented as Earl Campbell, but Earl Campbell took those hits. If you don't know who Earl Campbell is, then Google him. Yeah. And check him out. But fabulous running back. And they, and Franco Harris would say, hey, I can get that extra yard, but I'm going to go ahead and just step on out so I can <laughs> so I can be suave when I get into my, to, to my advanced years. Tom Brady doesn't like to get hit either. It's about oh, no. he, he moves in the pocket and maybe steps up in the pocket. And I'm going to throw one other name out there as well. This is a different sport, but you may get where I'm going with this as well. Bernard King. Again, everybody look him up. Bernard King, y'all. Bernard King had, uh, this was before there were so many advances in medicine, but he his, he his ACL, he messed up his ACL. And he ended up coming back, I think it was a year later. And it changed the way he played the game. He used to be, he was a scorer before, before he could drive, go to the basket, all those things. But when he came back, because he didn't have the same explosiveness, he had to become more of a mid-range jump shooter. And he would Mm -hmm. would go to the basket, he'd pick his spots. He was still very efficient and effective, but he had to change the way he played the game. Do you think, that's what I, that's the first thing that I thought about when when he went down, he's going to have to change the way he plays the game. He's going to have to, be more coachable to be in the pocket to do the things that he needs to do and maybe get under center to be able to and get that ball out faster or maybe try to do those little Drew Brees type things to be able to find those lanes. That's what there's I thought. A huge, there's a huge problem with that, Jay. I'll, I'll, I'll address all three of your players. Franco, if he lived in our era today, he'd be called smart. Back then, they used to call him soft. They did right? used to call him soft. They did. They used to call him soft. Crazy. And it's like, that dude, he was smart. He was ahead of the game. Yes. What's, what's the point of picking up two or three extra yards? And we all know what Earl used to do. We all know the condition Earl is in now today. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Reports and different things. Tom Brady, Tom Brady was never mobile. Tom Brady couldn't run out of sight in a day. Okay. That's not part of his game. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom's game was in the pocket. And yeah. when that pocket got cluttered, he either knew how to step up in it and deliver, and he would take a hit. Yeah. But when it came to you know, Tom being in that pocket and it's closing and I can't get out of here and hit the eject button. Just like Tom Brady, Tom was like, I'm going down. I'm going down. Just let y'all know. I'm going down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bernard King is the most interesting one you brought up. Yes, when he tore that ACL. We all know the advances of medicine did today compared to back then. Yes. But it's still in the player's mind. It's still part of the body. It's still something that, you know, when you experience an injury like this, it's so unique. The thing with Bernard, he was able to change his game 
with Kyler, I wondered, Jay, because Kyler, if you're saying to me, okay, he's never going to be the same runner again, okay, he still has to be willing, though, to use the legs to get out of the pocket a much better, I would say with you, he'd have to do it much better in the future than he has done it this season. He used them before, and we used to always talk about, oh, my dude, that dude is so dynamic because but yeah. this year we've seen he stayed in the pocket. His biggest problem, Jay, if you want to try to turn him into a pocket passer mm-hmm. like a Drew Brees, you're talking about teaching him to do something that I don't know if he's willing to be taught, and can he do it? He's, he's, he's much shorter than a Drew Brees. We always joke about Drew Brees. Drew Brees was scraping six feet, somewhere near six feet. Right. Wasn't quite six feet, okay? Okay. If you want to tell, I've, you've seen Kyler standing out there in, amongst the trees with his fellow linemen and stuff like that. If Kyler is 5'8 and some chains, okay, 5'9, we might be stretching a little bit. It's a whole different. You talk about three inches and some J, I'm telling you, it makes a difference. If all of a sudden now you're going to tell me that he's going to, is going to have to learn to step or drop back from under center, stand in the pocket, and then try to see the field on his tippy toes. We might have to get him a little box to stand on, Jay, because, like I said, Drew at six foot, and we want to call him that, was straining. Drew had that neck on the tippy toes. Like, he was trying to see what was on top of the refrigerator, bro. I'm serious. He, I mean, that's how he was throwing up. He was looking down the field, standing like he was trying to see what's on top of the refrigerator. Now, you and me, we just stand there and look. Drew yeah. had to stretch and strain to get there, and yeah. he perfected that. I don't know if Kyler can do that, which now turns him into a less mobile and somebody that is not willing to run to boot, and now mm-hmm. you're going to say he's going to have to survive in the pocket, a pocket that he's not comfortable in already. He does like to step up into it. When it gets muddled, first thing he does is hit that button and lay down. But moving forward, he's going to have some hurdles to overcome mentally and physically that I'm I'm not going to say I'm not sure he can do it because you don't get to be a high, you know, performance athlete like him without overcoming some adversity. This is going to be the most adversity that he's ever faced. And it's all starting with his body. And then his mind. And like I said, it's going to be a rough, tough road. And then if you're the Cardinals, do you do you baby him back to health? Or do you give him tough love back to health? Ooh. There's going to be some decisions that have to be made, how you even manage his rehab and stuff like that. Because, And I'll set up after this. The thing about rehab, Jay, when you're injured and on the IR, there's no cameras. There's no nothing. You're coming into the building before guys are even getting there. You're not seeing your teammates anymore because they're coming in, going right to film, study you know, going to meetings, then hitting lunch. The, your day is coming in after this is after your surgery is coming in. And then for four hours or whatever it is in a room, totally by yourself, you know, doing the, the leg machines, doing the ball machine, the balance, this, that. And then when you're all done, you're so sore and, and, and just frustrated because you can't move. You're still hurting and you get to go home and there's no film to watch. There's no disc to do. You're just there with your bad knee and that can cause some guys to go into depression just because of the injury itself. But then, the like I said, the glory is gone for for Kyler. The isolation the next, and all that, yeah. Isolation. The next eight months or so, Jay, is all about rehabbing his knee. It's not going to be about being, you know, the, the leader of the Cardinals on the field and this and that. And it, like I said, it can re- take a toll on guys, too. All right. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We'll definitely be getting – this will be something that's going to be a topic of discussion because – 
as this season. So, so let's get into this a little bit where, where it'll kind of lead us into not only the rest of the season, but what could possibly be going on in the off season and who might be the one making these decisions. So if you watch that game, what, what we've done is we've all, what we've been doing this season and even last season uh, is, is talking about the coat, the, the coaching decisions of, of Cliff Kingsbury. I want to ask you because in real time, sitting at the game, 36 seconds left, Cliff Kingsbury calls a timeout in the, at the end of the second quarter to go for it on fourth down. And he wouldn't have had any timeouts left anyway. He would have had to try to, he would have had to try to rush to get the the next play in if they had made that, if they had completed that, that pass in this case, or even a run play to only do what? To kick the field goal that he probably would have kicked, they should have kicked anyway. How did you feel about that? Because I thought it was a terrible decision, and and there was and you can the 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 groans this time from the crowd were frustration in terms of again. I think you can even say sometimes, and I think you've said this before. You did the wrong thing. You got a good result. Doesn't mean that it was still the right thing that you did. So, Mm -hmm. what was your thought about that? Total mismanagement. Total okay. mismanagement, Jay. The time, there's a time and a place for everything. It seems, you know, it's almost like Kingsbury's now, he's going to being called a genius to trying to prove to us that he's a genius by some of his moves and stuff like that. That, you know, if he, if this were to work, you know, somehow he squirts out of this and it's like, wow, did you see what he did at the end of the first half? Rather than doing the thing that most smart coaches would do, you, the game was still close. I, at the half, it was only 10 13. Why and, that not go was, ahead and, and that's a six point swing, right? At the very least, because swing. now, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get those points. Uh, you know, and I know it's frustration on his part. You could tell, and you, here's the thing, Jay, it's funny what you see on television and what you're, when you're at a game. And that's why a lot of times I like to, I, you know, cause we always get invitations to get tickets. And I, man, I'd rather sit home and watch the, the, the 17 camera views and the, rather than be in the game yeah. because, I got to, Brett, if you get a chance to see the replay on that, you get to see the frustration on Kingsbury's face. A couple of times it was drop passes because that ball that was thrown up to Marquise was a very catchable ball. He by right should have had that, right? And Kingsbury's down on the one knee and just, and you you, you see the F-bombs coming more and the the head down and because that man is on the heat, bro. And, And that's what I'm saying. He's trying to do a little too much right now. And that, okay. some of those plays, those fourth downs, and now it's getting to a point where it's a joke. They're like, well, yeah, they go for it the most. Uh, but, bruh, sometimes you just got to take what they give you. But I, in my opinion, I think he's under so much stress and everything is going so wrong. He's now trying to prove us so that he's so right sometimes. And it's, he's making bad decisions. So yes, bad decisions. Most assuredly, I think he went for he went for it on fourth down multiple times during the game. The last time I don't really count because the game was already decided. So he's gonna. I think it was fourth and nine. So yeah, go for it, whatever the case may be. But some of his players let him down as well, though. They had some of his, oh, absolutely. They they were did a great job, Connor. Connor got what hundred plus rushing yards. So he was doing his thing there. But there was. A few times, and again, it, the and I've heard this, and you tell me if it's just if if this is an excuse or it is a reason. But you come in as a you come in as the backup quarterback, so now you have to play and you have to perform. Some one of your teammates is not just out because he sprained his ankle, but you know he's out and he's injured. It's probably going to be is going through some stuff. Colt missed on a few passes. There were a few over yeah. the middle, especially in that second half where there could have been some really big gains. 
And and then of course they we know about the fumble and and you know fumble for that ended up being a touchdown for the Patriots and that was uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean that there there were just different things that were going on. What it just I wonder I wonder if this is just the culmination of this this was just to put a nail in the coffin so to speak in terms of for the season in terms of even trying to to finish respective respective respectfully respectively. Oh, that, that ship sailed a long time ago, yeah, bro. Yeah. At four and nine now. I'll, I'll answer a couple of your questions real quick. One, people don't realize how we've gotten a little spoiled by Colt McCoy because when he gets the opportunity, it's, you know, he comes in, he makes it look like it's easy and, you know, he's a good leader and stuff like that. Yeah. The two games that he played earlier, we've got to remember, both of those he knew he was starting from the very beginning. He yes. got all the starter snaps. So that first game when he came and looked brilliant, he had all the snaps that week. The second one, San Francisco just made him look silly. That's yeah. they made everybody look silly. So yeah. they just did to uh, uh, to uh, this past weekend. The fact that Kyler got hurt three plays into the game, and he might not have gotten. And now he's taking a lot of mental reps, and he's rep, but he didn't get in the last couple of weeks. Guarantee he got no snaps leading up to these games. So for him to be a little off, and then the other poor thing, Jay is you know you got a back a backup quarterback in there. I don't care if it's Colt McCoy or it's uh whoever, name your you know, name your pick Trubisky in Pittsburgh. You yeah. you get a backup quarterback in there, your job is to try to make everything as simplified as possible for him. I don't care who the backup is. They should have ran that ball down New England's throat like it was seven on seven drills, in my opinion. Right. Sporadically throw the ball if you need to. Connor, you got him abuse their defensive line with some running plays. We didn't do that. And then shame on that offensive line. They looked putrid. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, you're like, these dudes Especially are out in to that get second, the, the end of that, the uh, middle of the third quarter on, it was, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. These guys are out there getting Pro Bowl uh, nominations in one in one half of football. Right. I mean, they, that's how good they looked, uh, New England, made New England look. So shame on that offensive line and shame on Kingsbury for not having a plan to utilize that run game, take some pressure off Colt. Um, as far as D Hop, D Hop, that fumble that he made, in my opinion, is a reflection on Kingsbury. It's a reflection on D Hop. To me, that was the most egregious, um, careless, and non-disciplined act. And here's the thing: if you're a head coach, something like that, because you saw how he was carrying that ball, bro. He yes. was carrying it like it was a loaf of bread. Yeah, that's how. And then when he fumbled it. And then you look at the replays, like, they didn't even touch. He just dropped that doggone thing. And to me, if you're buttoned up, and the other thing goes with the penalties, Jay, mm-hmm. how many times are you going to kill yourself with penalties, yes. undisciplined, yes. and then you got a player out there who's just flashing and, and talking. And here's one of the other things that got on my nerves. We are 4-18 and 18 going into the game, and every time you turn around, first down, these dudes want to pretend like, you know, they first down, they want to be holding the ball out. My man – um, we got from Carolina. That was our third and fourth catches of the year. Anderson. Catch the ball and get back. To, Anderson, catch the ball and get back down to the get back to the huddle. You've caught yeah. zero passes in games. And, and but this is just, you know, maybe it was for the camera because you know Card Knox is here, undisciplined, and totally like I said that 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 fumble by Hopkins was was just as much a reflection on D Hop showboating as it was for Kingsbury. The fact that you you know. Think about some of the, the the coaches around the league that Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Mike Tomlin would have told him to come over here, do me a favor, and put your helmet over there on the thing 
and go inside because you're not, you're not going to see the field the second half. These are these are disciplined coaches. You know, these are things that you don't really, you know. So for me, that was a reflection of Kingsbury Hopkins the whole season. Um, no excuse for it. And I was when it when it happened, I was just so I was just like, yeah, this is that's bad. Yeah, I mean, it is it is rock bottom for this organization, not just for this one game and for the season, Jay, yeah. because you got to think about all the things that go into it moving from here. This, this, well, I take that back. When you're at rock bottom, you can't go any lower, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we, we haven't even hit it yet because we got a few games to go and this is not going to be pretty. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So this is one of the, this is something that I was listening to the, to the, uh, the post con, the, the, the post game comments and one of the players, I forget who it was, but was on defense was asked about what do you think happened? What what was it that happened? And he said something that, it, well, he said essentially we knew what we had to do. So he's talking about the player accountability. So we knew what we had to do. There's just we just need to we just need to execute it. There are things that we're just not doing. There's one we're, we're not all doing the right thing on every play or as many plays as possible. At this point in the season. Is that something? I mean, because nobody has a per, no team has a perfect game, but some have really good games with some with some errors here and there. But at this point in the season, should that be the reason? I mean, should that be even something that's given as a reason or an excuse? He wasn't trying to give an excuse, but was trying to say this is the reason we need to just do better collectively. If we know that we is an, that that's an excuse. Day you you have famously said. And you, you, every time we watch Hard Knocks and stuff like that, you're like, it basically, um, Kingsbury's on a loop. Yeah, yeah, we know what we got to do, right? We got to get better. And we we just can't make those mistakes. We got to do it. And, I mean, at this stage in the season, Jay, it's like you keep coming home with Fs on your report card. And it's like, yeah, I know, Mama. I just got to study harder. And I got to make sure that I put, I, I put the time in, you know. And she's looking at like you like, it's the third quarter of the damn third semester of the damn school's year. Oh, what are you talking man. about? I got to do better. You know, I mean, at, this, at some point, yeah. bro, we're just going to take that F and we're going to repeat seventh or eighth grade because we just, you know, like this has been a total failure at every level, starting in the offseason by giving everybody extensions. How old all working out right now? And then so I'm, I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there. I'm gonna jump in. We, we got we got all kinds of topics here to to take us in, especially when we when we reconvene on for Thursday. But and we recap, especially hard knocks. We recap hard knocks and give our thoughts on it. But in short, in a, in a couple of minutes, do you trust Kime to tear this thing down and build it up, like like uh like Ashford and Simpson and be make it solid because. He's, there's going to be free agents that are free agents that are going trying to figure out what are you going to do with Kyler. Do you trust him to be able to execute that? Absolutely not, Jay. And I see you you bring up starting with free agents. Everybody knows Kyler's not going to be available for the majority, if not for all of next year. You you've seen. I mean, think about what we've done as far as some of the older players we've brought in here. JJ Watt, who had one tackle and one tackle for loss yesterday. That's what you pay all that money for. AJ Green. And I'm like, you just run down a list of guys, and it's like, do you trust Kai moving forward? We don't even trust him to do right with the draft picks, bro. Mm. I mean, we went out and got a back a, a tight end in the second round. They and let me ask wide, you this: they get a wide receiver. Let me ask you. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> how's that Marquise Brown? How's that Marquise Brown blockbuster deal working out for you? Mm. Where you gave up a first round pick to bring him in here? How's that one working out for you, bro? 
Mm. I mean, we could. You think we could have used a top flight offensive lineman or top mm. flight cornerback at pick twenty five to come in here and do what he's done and wait the six games out that Hopkins was gone? All we did was bring Kyler's best friend in here so they can just hang out. I mean, that's basically all we did. Yeah. And you th- you you look so. I'm, I'll shut up right here. I don't trust him as far as free agents. Him picking him or them wanting to come here in the first place. I don't trust him with the draft. I don't trust him, trust him with this roster in general. Kime, I do not trust moving forward. Man, all right. Well, we got we got topics, man. We got topics. And when we when we meet next, we'll be reviewing the uh the this hard knocks because that the one that plays this week is gonna be based upon what we what what we witnessed yeah. uh here yesterday. And uh, then get into to the next game because there are there were five, but now there are four more. How how are you gonna finish? I know when speaking with my sons when we were when we were there leaving the game and I heard fans as they were walking out, there were some that said, We gotta get the best draft pick possible. And the others that said, We I, I we need to finish these last games strong. And then others that just and then <laughs> others said, I could have stayed home. So great that, debate. That A yeah. word, the apathy word. So there's three apathy, different schools yeah. of thought. So it's gonna be interesting to see, man. Oh bro, you know how people People are – you thought it was bad before this game. At 4-9 now, people are going to start tuning out. This yeah. this is a wrap. This season is a wrap. Oh, man. Uh, and it's going to be pretty ugly listening. You know, now maybe they squeeze out a couple wins to finish here and stuff like that and make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. But I don't see it coming, man. I see a long winter ahead for this team. A lot of questions to be answered, which gives us a whole lot of content. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you, you, you so much want chaos. So on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. We are presented by Bet Online. So tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on here, I believe, in the Arizona Cardinals. Man, and like we always say around this time, are you can. And before we go, I should have doubled down on our bet. I should have been like, if they finish with less than five wins, you owe me two uh, crowns. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you. <laughs> that you decided not to do that. Cause I would say, Oh man, they get more than that, man. We straight. I got you. We triple it. Anyway. Yeah, so as we always like to say around this time, are you kidding? Till next week, be easy out there. I said till later this week, be easy out there. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.